You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What a performance for the Ohio State Buckeyes at Ohio Stadium here this afternoon. 56-14. They beat up on uh, a team they frankly needed to beat up on, the Indiana Hoosiers, who have now really struggled after a 3-0 start. They have not lost since then, and the Buckeyes did it in impressive fashion. Great balance and uh, some great explosive plays, but there are some big storylines coming out of this game, both positive and negative. We'll break it all down for you next. Our instant analysis show here on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Ohio State University after the Buckeyes just handed Indiana a pretty impressive 56-14 to win here to go to uh, now 10-0 and with two games left in the regular season. I'm Brendan Gulick. This is Andrew Lind, and uh, we appreciate your support subscribing to our YouTube channel. Also, you can find all of our content wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts, but our show is streaming live here from uh, the media room. We just wrapped up with all the Ohio State coaches and players that were made available post-game. And uh, there are a lot of really good stories today, and I want to choose to focus on some positivity. So we'll get to some of the negative stuff here in a bit. But I don't think we can go any further without talking about the moment of the year, the, the unbelievably emotional moment inside Ohio Stadium where a receiver, unless you're a diehard Ohio State fan, maybe you don't even know who Cameron Babb is, but he's been through four ACL surgeries He's a captain on this team. His teammates absolutely love him and his resiliency. His faith hasn't wavered, made that pretty clear. And he scored his first career touchdown as a Buckeye in the middle of the fourth quarter today that had a lot of tears flowing here in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody who's been through, like you said, four ACL surgeries over, over his career, dating back to you know his senior year of high school he missed because of an ACL injury. And then to continuously persevere through that and get back and, you know, almost be ready to contribute and then suffer another setback. And then it even happened again that, you know, in, in fall camp, it wasn't an ACL injury, but it was still, you know, a setback of sorts that kept him out for the first nine weeks of the year. And then for him to be out there today, it was really just a, a long time coming. I know, you know, it's something that means a lot to him, his family, uh, his teammates, even, even media members like myself who have known him since he was in high school. You know, for him to be able to go out there today and, and finally have that moment, it, it, it was pretty amazing. And if you watched it from home, there was a pretty cool emotional moment on the sidelines, not just with his teammates, but the embrace that he had with his mom, who came down to the front row of, uh, of the lower bowl. It was really awesome. And I remember thinking preseason how cool that moment could be now that Cam is finally healthy and it looked like he was going to be good from, from the beginning of the season. Uh, it took a couple of months and then some, uh, mm-hmm. but we finally got the moment that we had all hoped for uh, and a, just an incredible story. Ryan Day was a bit emotional talking about it, and, and it's obvious that that's one of the coolest moments he's been a part of uh, during his coaching career. He alluded to that here as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to kind of note just the leadership abilities that he has. You know, he he was up there when after Dwayne Haskins passed away, you know, and had a prayer in front of everybody in the stadium at the spring game. And, you know, just kind of he's he's a person who, you know, he may not have that impact on the field until today, but he he led by his example, you know, was continuously always, you know, working to persevere through something that, you know, a lot of people would have given up on. I mean, I'd, I can't imagine after one or two surgeries, you know, you're like, I, I just want to keep doing this. But, you know, he, he worked to get to this moment and it was just, you know, everything that you kind of hoped it would be for him. Four ACL surgeries, nine month recoveries. He spent three years recovering from knee injuries. That is mind boggling. And to not waver in it and to uh, to have a moment like it was today, just so, so cool. Uh, and it was the capstone moment on a day that was otherwise largely celebratory. If you were waiting for things to feel maybe a bit more normal, Ohio State hasn't had a quote-unquote normal feeling game now in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they drew an opponent today who they were a 40-point favorite over. You weren't really expecting things to be close. On the flip side, they were a five-touchdown favorite last week in Evanston and mm-hmm. played in a in a vortex, and so mm-hmm. it was a much closer game. Um, but an impressive day today in that amid some adversity, and we'll talk about that in a second, they found ways to get it done, and mm-hmm. frankly, they put Indiana away early in the game and never really gave them a chance. Yeah, and unlike last week, you know, you kind of felt like, why are they still sticking around in, in terms of Northwestern? But then this week, you know, they came out here and kind of put their foot down early and said, you know, we're, we're the better team, quite frankly. And, you know, they were really balanced throughout. You know, there's 300-plus passing yards, 300-plus rushing yards. And to be able to do, to do that, you know, despite, like you mentioned, some of the adversity with Mayan Williams going down, you know, to be able to have other guys come in and, and continue to tote the rock and, and do what they want to do and still remain balanced, that, that's really important. If Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't win the Blitnikoff Award, then it shouldn't be given. Hmm. Uh, that's where I sort of stand on that. And, and you know, I every single week I watch him make a catch that I think to myself, yeah, I don't think he's going to make that catch. And then he does. Hmm. And some way, somehow, he continues to, to impress today. It was a ball that, I don't know, 75% of his body was sort of hovering out of bounds, and his left foot was definitely going to come down first. Mm-hmm until he like kicked his left leg up in the air and his right heel hit in bounds first and he caught the ball and the whole stadium's like what what did we just see right i'd say the body control is, is something that's just pretty amazing to me because like you said you know his foot his left foot was was coming down out of I mean, bounds was, and then all of a sudden above the all of a sudden it was like that side of his body just you know kind of stopped <laughs> and then the rest of him moved you know and he, he brought it down but to your point last year you got to remember that the, the blitnikoff award didn't have uh, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson as a finalist, which they should stop giving it after that. But yeah, if, if Marvin Harrison isn't isn't the best wide receiver in college football, I don't I really don't know who is. And you know, I kind of said this today on Twitter too. It's like I ex- I fully expect him, and and we've only watched him for twelve games now to be better than what his dad is. And I mean that that's pretty absurd. It I is. think to but I guess to, it's possible to kind of say you know after seeing him only twelve games, knowing his dad is a you know multi multi time Pro Bowler. Uh, uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver had one of the best quarterbacks in, in NFL history throwing to him, but I think that he has all of the tools to do that and more. It's uh, it's fun to watch. He's a really cool and uh, humble young man, and and it's easy to be a fan of Marvin Harrison for sure. C.J. Stroud got uh, certainly into a good rhythm today. Um, I think one of the maybe untold bright spots, or or not particularly uh, well 
appreciated bright spots was the fact that Dewan Jones did not play right tackle today. And I thought Josh Fryer looked pretty good for the most part when, when you don't notice a problem on the offensive line, that usually means things are working. I don't know if he had a perfect game, um, but largely I thought the offensive line today played as well as they've played in maybe a month. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one thing that maybe you don't notice, you know, from the press box or just on TV is, is you can tell that they're dealing with injuries. I know Matt, Matt Jones had his his foot wrapped. He was kind of limping a little bit. And, you know, it does make you wonder if if, if, if they need to figure out something and say, OK, we, we need to get him maybe next week. Just give him the week off because they need to get him healthy for this this stretch run. But, yeah, I think overall the, the offensive line played much better, and that's why they rushed for more than 300 yards. It was a great balance day today, 662 yards of total offense. 340 on the ground, 322 through the air. And actually, I saw Fox put up a really cool uh, note at the end of the broadcast about uh, the balance that uh, the Buckeyes put together today. I want to share that with you. Uh, they said that Ohio State is, for the eighth time since 2019, they had a 250-yard passing game and a 250-yard rushing game, which is tied for third most in the FBS during that stretch. Uh, and they had a season high today with those 340 rushing yards. And again, I don't know if statistically, if that's the always the best way to evaluate, did something work or not work? It's obviously part of the equation. Um, I think you could argue there were definitely some moments against Penn State when the Buckeyes had to run the ball that they had, you know, some some good plays and they were mostly late. But overall, it looked like a bad rushing day. Last week against Northwestern, the stats would indicate that they ran the ball pretty well. And mm -hmm. I think for the most part, they struggled. But again, they did it when they had to. Today, I don't know if I always felt like this was a nearly 350-yard rushing performance kind of day. Yeah. Remember, 71 of those came on one carry from Xavier Johnson, and 48 came on one carry from Mayan Williams. So some big explosive plays obviously balloon that number a little bit. Yeah. But there were a lot of really tough earned yards, mm -hmm. which to me is the sign of a run game that is starting to click again. Well, and I think to that point, the thing that I notice is just the the push that they get. And sure. I think that if you're kind of saying, okay, well, they're unable to get a push, they can't get three, two yards, you know, one yard, whatever, on third down, fourth down. That's kind of the the thing that indicates to me that they're not having a good rushing game. And then today it seemed like you know they were getting off their blocks, being able to open up holes and those kind of things. And when when you're able when you're able to do that, that's obviously the sign of a good rushing game. So yeah, I mean it, it did feel like you know maybe maybe they didn't have as a dominant game on the on the ground as what you might expect from the 300 plus you know rush yard game. But I think that ultimately they were getting the yards that they needed when they needed to. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
defensively, I thought Ohio State played a really good game. There were a couple of bad plays. You're going to have a couple of bad plays on both sides of the ball pretty much every game. Um, but the reality is, you know, again, Indiana never really truly threatened to make this a game. It was 21-7 early on, and obviously the early touchdown was frustrating because it was totally set up by, a, you know, a really bad blown coverage. Um but that was pretty much it. I mean, outside of that, we really didn't see a whole lot of that. And and obviously they scored late after a, a fumble fine. But, you know, at that point it was, a, you know, a, what was it? 49 to seven before they gave up that other touchdown. And then Cam scored again late. So um, Steel Chambers played outstanding. Lathan Ransom had a hell of a game. The defensive line looked really good. I, I thought this was one of their better defensive performances of the year. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of crazy to look back where they were a year ago at this time because <laughs> you know we would sit there and be like, you know, we'd be able to pick out different plays and say, okay, well this isn't going well, this isn't going well, this isn't going well. But the fact that we can't really just point to any any specific plays on defense tells me that they're doing a good job because you know they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're getting off the field, and I mean, it's not like Indiana was going to present them any real, you know real challenges but they did you know for the most part did what they were supposed to do and yeah like you said i mean if if Reece stocksdale doesn't fumble a ball you know the, it's it's 56 to 7 so you know it's that's really not a concern and it's like you know ryan day said last week when they held northwestern to seven as long as they win the game as long as they do what they're supposed to do then that, that's all that matters i also was impressed by ohio state's ability when indiana changed not just quarterbacks but basically mm -hmm. style of offense that the Buckeyes adjusted quickly because Connor Basalak I thought was struggling and they couldn't figure out a way to get things going with him, but he wasn't particularly mobile. Mm -hmm. You know, Ohio State really hasn't seen a good mobile quarterback since Toledo when Daquan Finn came in and and pushed the issue a little bit. And today I thought I saw some really impressive play from the redshirt sophomore Dexter Williams, mm -hmm. who finished the day six of nineteen through the air which obviously isn't a great number, 107 and, and two touchdowns. But he also ran the ball pretty effectively. He could scramble well. Um, it forced Ohio State to try to play contain uh, where they haven't had to do that in a while. Yeah, and I mean, outside of just kind of a 16-yard run that he had, I thought they did a really good job of containing him. I know he ended up with like two and a half yards uh, per carry. And really, you know, that's something, especially coming off last weekend when they weren't able to really contain the quarterback on, on third down or fourth down. You know, for them to kind of buckle down and say, you know, we we really need to get that fixed. And especially, you know, in two weeks, J.J. McCarthy, for example, will be able to do that kind of stuff. So for them to say, you know, we're going to stop that, we're going to focus on that. And then, you know, especially with it being kind of a change up in the middle of the game, maybe they weren't, you know, preparing for Williams like like you may have thought because they said earlier in the week that, that Connor was going to be the starting quarterback. So, you know, how much of your game plan did you actually dedicate to Dexter? And then for, for them to, to, to contain him the way they did is obviously, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Have we hit most of the good stuff? I'd say so. I think so. Yeah. All right. Now to the elephant in the room. Um, boy, Ohio State's got to figure it out a running back. Um, Ryan Williams is hurt. Not sure how bad it is. They're hoping that it's not a long-term thing. Uh, from a positive sign, he was back on the sideline in the second half with a smile on his face. But he was in street clothes, he had crutches, and he had a walking boot on his right leg. Travion Henderson had a walking boot on today, and he was uh, listed before the game today, was listed as unavailable. Obviously, Evan Pryor's out for the year. T.C. Caffey is out for the year. He was He's the top walk-on running back who scored early in the season. Chip Trainum, who 
obviously has a running back background at Arizona State and in high school, came here to be a linebacker, was forced into the running back room because of injuries. He was unavailable today. And all of a sudden, you're looking at your depth chart and going, okay, so Dallin Hayden, true freshman, who has shown some promise, but again, true freshman who started the year fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying let's not forget Evan Pryor is obviously out for the season. Right, so. yeah, before we even got started. Yeah. So you, you got Hayden and then Xavier Johnson, who's kind of like splitting time between running back and wide receiver. And that's what you got right now. And then you got a couple of other walk-ons too. Boy, uh, not a particularly good feeling. Now, Ryan Day is trying to pump the brakes on that a little bit. He mm-hmm. said he expects Travion Henderson back next week. He expects Chip Trainin back next week. I hope that's true. We have expected them to play more this year than they have, and I, I'm just a little bit nervous right now as it as it relates to the run game. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, we can't expect anything until the availability report comes out on Saturday because and even then, <laughs> we don't find out anything about injuries or anything like that throughout the week. But you know, when it when it comes to that, they obviously have to have bodies in there they have to be able to run the ball because if you don't if you're not able to run the ball establish the run any of that the rest of your offense isn't going to work and yeah i mean it's just kind of one of those things that they're really banged up you kind of wonder how it's gotten to that point where where they've been so banged up that you know from week to week one might play and the other might not or they both might be out or you know whatever but yeah i mean at this point you know you're kind of you're kind of just expecting Xavier Johnson to be able to come in and say, you know, you've done it before and and we need you now and and you just see if it works. That just doesn't sound like a great formula yeah. here come crunch time. But I don't know that there's a better option. I mean, that's that's part of it, right? I mean, I, I'm thinking back to shades of 2014 where, mm. you know, you're going through, thankfully, now it's, it's not as critical a position, but then obviously injuries at quarterback – you lose Braxton Miller, you lose JT Barrett. And now it's like, all right, Cardale, I hope you can figure this thing out. Yeah. And obviously it's a, a magical run that now goes down in, in Ohio State lore. But I I think one of the big takeaways from today, especially in the first half when before Mayan got hurt, mm-hmm. in 15 carries for 147 yards and was running people over. And he was also running away from people. It was awesome to watch him. I, I think the difference today in the run game was the fact that let me rephrase that the difference in the offense today and part of the reason why it looked a little bit easier in general the last couple weeks when the Buckeyes were not picking up tough yardage situations especially on third and short for example Northwestern last week because of the weather totally said I don't care try to throw good luck nobody's going to do it Iowa and Penn State essentially dared the Buckeyes to throw late in the game and, and it made Ohio State a bit more predictable. This mm-hmm. week, when you had to respect Ohio State's ability to throw the ball because they looked really good through the air today, it made the running yeah. game a little bit easier. Well, I think on the flip side of that, though, is if you can't establish a run, if you don't have a run game, then they're going to be able to drop more people back in coverage. Sure. And that's going to make it harder for CJ to find a receiver. So, you know, I think that that is really important. And, yeah, I mean, really, if – if it if it's been such a focus to to get Mayan healthy and and Travion healthy and all that, you know, I think that you really need to focus on getting them ready for that Michigan game. And you know, maybe Travion doesn't play next week. Maybe Mayan doesn't play with next week. We don't obviously know the extent of it, but it didn't look very good with the fact that he wasn't able to put any weight on on his foot um, as they were carrying him off the field. But he did say on on Twitter afterwards that he was good. So you know, I don't know. They might just you know kind of put a cast on him and 
I, you, you do it how you can do it. And I think that that's ultimately what they're going to, they're going to try to do. And, you know, just, I think one thing that really helps though, is, is the fact that Emeka can kind of, you know, get the ball sure. and, and there's other you know, ways. For yeah. Them yeah. To run. So I think that that, that helps. And then just, you know, just the ability to have CJ run the ball too. And I mean, obviously we've, we've seen him kind of grow in confidence in the last, like the difference between two weeks ago and today when he was running the ball is, is so vast, you know, just for him to be able to say, like, you could tell he really wanted to run the ball and he really wanted to, you know, a long run that, that one that he got kind of caught on the sidelines. He really wanted that. And I think before he was a little hesitant and, you know, he was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this, whatever. But I think that that kind of does add a, a different dynamic to the offense. The, the fact that Ohio State has different ways they can attack you on the ground should help. But again, as as a fan, I can understand why you've got a queasy feeling because, you know, no disrespect to Maryland, who is substantially better than the opponent Ohio State played today. Maryland's probably going to be a three touchdown underdog next mm -hmm. week. You know, I don't know what the line's going to be, but it's probably going to be a 20 something point favorite for the Buckeyes. And Ohio State's not going to lose the game. I really don't think that's reality. Um, and it's basically your final opportunity to get right. Uh, because from there on out, you know what hangs in the balance. The 11 games have led up to what we expected with a game against the Michigan Wolverines. So I, I think it's impossible for this coaching staff and this team to ignore what they're feeling right now of like, hey, we got to focus on Maryland. We're going to say all the right things publicly. But here we go. It's 4.51 local time here in Columbus on Saturday, and we have – you know, 13 days and 20 hours to get this thing figured out and be ready and as healthy as we can be, because that's going to be a war. Well, and I do wonder about that. You know, we, we obviously mentioned that Chip was out. We don't know what he was out with. And I, I wonder if it's just a matter of a Dewan too, you know, just maybe wasn't feeling great today. There, there's no point in playing him because you're going to win this game with ease. So, you know, I do wonder if that's part of the idea that they're keeping an eye on Michigan, you know, as opposed to just going out there and possibly getting somebody hurt or something. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard when, when they're not open with us about injuries and those kind of things. But at the same time, like, you have to imagine that they're kind of looking at that Michigan game and saying, how do we get really healthy for that? It's, it's the goal, and obviously with what happened last year and knowing that you know losing that game can have detrimental effects, um, there's no guarantee that the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to make the college football playoff, even though if it's a competitive game, there certainly could be an argument for that team to get in should Michigan win today and next week and the Buckeyes win next week as well. Um, but, man, it's, it's, uh, it, it's just the kind of feeling you can't shake. You just can't right now look at this team and feel as good as you felt coming into the season or even early in the season about the way you thought you were going to perform November 26th. So I I hope that feeling dies down for me, but I'm not sure if it will. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things, though, that we're just so focused on that Michigan game. You know, everybody just wants to fast forward, you know, to, to next Sunday when we can, like, fully focus on on that and the, the players can focus on it, the, the fans, the media, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's just a matter of today and, and next week is just, you know, getting things fixed, getting things right, you know, both health-wise and, and kind of ironing out any last issues you have and say, hey, we're going to lay it out on the table on, on, on November 26th and let's go. I mean, the reality is, you know, the team has to stay focused on what's in front of them, but the rest of us don't. <laughs> and 
there were 100,000 people in the stadium today and millions more Buckeye fans that were not here that are looking past Maryland next week. And I think we're in some ways looking past Maryland because you know what's coming. Um, I expect this team to take care of business. I hope they can get out of the game next week as healthy as possible. And in the meantime, a fun day to celebrate what was a great win because you just don't take winning for granted in this league. Um, you never know what you can run into, even if it's Mother Nature that slows mm-hmm. you down the way it did last week. Whenever you have a, a, a 56-point outburst, you celebrate because that's a really good day. Yeah, and say, and really next week, I, I expect almost two full quarters of Kyle McCord. There, there's no reason for it wouldn't surprise me. I, you know, I was kind of surprised up until the the Cam Bab, you know, touchdown that he was even still in at that point. But you know, I get it. You want him to have that moment, and you want to, you know, make sure that if the offense gets down there and is efficient and all that stuff. But yeah, I, w- I would be surprised if we see him deep into the third quarter next week. We'll talk about next week, next week, but for uh, the rest of the day today, let's enjoy what was a great performance for the Ohio State Buckeyes, 56 to 14. They put Indiana away early, even though Ohio State had three punts in the first half, they still had 320 yards of offense before halftime. They basically doubled that up with a great performance in the second half. Um, Great balance, good explosive plays. Got some some obviously big highlight moments from guys that you didn't expect, and in many ways, all of the stars shined as well. Uh, a day that I think Ohio State fans won't forget because of Cam Babb, but there was a lot of good things that went on here at Ohio Stadium. Okay, that wraps up our instant analysis show here on Buckeye Breakdown. We appreciate you subscribing to our YouTube channel. We love to do stuff like this, and uh, certainly that's the best way you can support us. So thanks for doing that. Buckeyesnow.com for all the latest news and info around the team, especially this week as we get uh, geared up for the Maryland Terrapins in College Park. And uh, know that while this show was streaming live, if you're listening after the fact, it's available wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for hanging out. Ohio State 56. Indiana 14. The Buckeyes are 10 and 0. Two more left on the schedule. We are 14 days away from the game here in Columbus.